the doomtis. All right. All right. Let's go. This is awkward. It's great. It's great. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shaiwa Arabi. In this intro segment, we're going to introduce ourselves. So I'm Coretta Lametra, and you'll get to hear from my co-host in just a minute. And this series is all about learning Arabic. Me and Andy are two content writers for Al Fuzaik who are going to be reacting to Arabic learning content. Basically what we do is we scour the internet for creative helpful tools and for inspiration as we slowly learn to pronounce the Ain and learn other Arabic words right alongside you. So please join us as we get to know more about each other the Arabic language and amazing language content creators all around the world. Yeah, it was great. Um, so, hi everybody. Uh, I am Andy Mond and I'm super excited to be here in this first season of Shaywa Arabi. So we're gonna be focusing on the Arabic we speak, which is created by two young Jordanian ladies um, and focuses on the dialect there, which is the Coretta. That is the Levantine dialect. Levantine actually covers um, a number of countries in the Middle East, North Africa region, um, but the Jordanian dialect is kind of a central one in the Levantine dialects. Yeah, and it's fun because I do not speak dialect. I speak Fusha, which is the classical um, standard Arabic that's spoken across the Arabic speaking world, whereas Coretta <laughs> spent time in Jordan and so speaks the Levantine dialect. So this will be an interesting experiment. We got this. We do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so to begin, we thought we would just kind of ask each other some questions to get to know more about our relationship with the language of Arabic and also the Arabic speaking world. So the first question that I have for Coretta is where have you been to in the Arabic speaking world? Oh, I love this because it lets me reminisce on back when we were able to travel and back when <laughs> I was able to use my Arabic or try to use my Arabic on a daily basis. So the first place that I was in the Arabic speaking world, and I've actually only been in two, is in 2015 when I studied abroad in Jordan for a semester, mm -hmm. which was such an amazing experience, um, such a challenging experience. Um, and I decided to go back in 2017. So I applied for the critical language scholarship through the State Department and was an alternate and then was fortunately bumped up to finalists. And I say that because if anyone has not received that scholarship or if you're an alternate, you're amazing and continue applying. And I absolutely recommend that as an experience because it was so helpful for myself as a person and for my Arabic language development. Mm -hmm. um, and then while I was there, I realized I didn't want to leave. So <laughs> I, stayed, I stayed in Jordan for another half a year interning for an amazing organization. They're called Generations for Peace. Andy, have you heard of them? No, but no, I wish I had. Well, yeah, we'll have to talk about them at some point because they're just amazing. And while I was there, we traveled a bit. Um, me and my partner traveled in the Israel-Palestine region. So I got to see Bethlehem and Jerusalem and a couple other cities. Amazing 
time, but I definitely need to go back and see a lot more of the region. So what about you, Andy? Where have you been? Um, so I have been to two places also. One of which is, I think, a popular destination for the Arabic speaking world. And it is Morocco, which is in the northern part of Africa. And also Cyprus, which is an interesting one, right? Because Cyprus is adjacent to, well, first off, Cyprus is split between Turkey and Greece, but that notwithstanding. Cyprus is adjacent more so to Turkey, which I think that we struggle with um, the Turkish identity as uh, an Arab speaking or an Arab adjacent place. But Hmm. for the context of Al-Fuzaic, whom we are like hosting this podcast through, since Turkey is listed as a country that is a part of the Arab world, I'm going to include Cyprus. And it was an amazing experience. I totally want to go back um, to both places, but Cyprus was just chef's kiss. Um, (laughs) Cyprus is such a cool and fully unexpected location, but you're right. That is, that's not usually something that I would, I would have thought about immediately when you think about, you know, the Mina Swana region as Al-Fusaic focuses on, but that's such an interesting perspective. Um, and you already answered our next question. So what dialect <laughs> do you speak? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> the Fusha dialect, which yeah. is the formal dialect as it is written in Arabic. You're going to see the um, the vowel markings written out, things like that. Yeah. Versus... Also business. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, I think Fusha is used in business because if it's international, you know, everyone's dialects are so different, mm. uh, especially Morocco's. So, so that's what everyone understands as a common language. Interesting. Well, I know it's definitely used for journalism mm-hmm. in order to create that shared understanding. But the dialects are fun as well. I didn't speak any or very, very little of the Jordanian dialect when I moved there or when I was studying there for the first time. Um, and that was a huge transition. I mean, the the pronunciation, even the words themselves are very different between Fusha and the dialects. I would say at this point, um, I speak pretty strong Jordanian dialect, which hopefully will help me out here when we're listening to the Arabic We Speaks podcast, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have studied quite a bit of the Egyptian dialect as well. Oh, Masri. Masri, yes. Nice. My first Arabic teacher, I think one of the first things he taught us was Masr Um Adunya, which, do you, have you heard of that one before? No, I know some, Egypt something something. It's a great, yeah, it's the greatest introduction to Arabic class. It means um, e- uh, Egypt is the mother of the world. I feel like some of the countries would take a little bit of issue with that, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've definitely heard some where people respond with, and this country is the father, which is an interesting kind of banter about about you know your country and how they relate to the other ones in the Minaswana region but I'll I'll yeah. buy it. yeah um but I think that that's great because I accidentally answered our second question but you have led us directly into our third question which is how did you get into Arabic like what drew you to the language what was what was your first experience with it or say more about your first experience with it do you want to start Oh yeah, sure. I'm so excited to hear this. (laughs) 
So my story is a testament to what it means to be a lackluster, just studier and the disrespect that we give the privilege of going to school for free here in the States and in um, other places where you don't have to pay for education. Oh. I started Arabic in high school. Um, I had it all four years. My Arabic teacher, Ms. Hadoun, is amazing. She's one of my favorite humans in the world. She's just so sweet. And I have continued to, you know, study and try to get better. But when I was in high school, I just did not give the language the respect that it deserved. Slash, I didn't have spaces outside of the classroom to practice it. So, you know, it didn't really stick. Like I didn't really progress in the way that I'm progressing now. Um, but since then, I have gotten my life together and I'm <laughs> much more dedicated to learning and respecting the language than I was when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17. And so now I have had uh, multiple experiences with different organizations and um, and doing intensive programs. I'm currently in Arabic classes right now and it is, it's amazing. That is the one thing about the pandemic because I wouldn't be able to be in Arabic classes if they were not online. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm not in DC. Right now I study with the Sa'un Qaboos Cultural Center and I did their Sabla program and that's how I was introduced to them. And now I'm doing their evening program. And when I went to Morocco, I studied at the Kalam Wallah Center um, in Rabat, which was amazing. And oh, it's, it's, it's just such a life-changing experience. And should travel become an option again? And finally, <laughs> finally becoming an option again. The point is, I want to do another intensive program. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. And how about you? What is your history with Arabic? Well, first of all, good for you for continuing on with it. I know, you know, especially with things that we learn in high school, sometimes there can be a lack of, you know, the tools that we need to learn them, which is exactly I think the point of this podcast is because both of us love Arabic so much and are yeah. so passionate about learning Arabic, but it's challenging. It's really, really challenging. Yeah. If you're in a job or just have a busy life, but you want to continue learning about the cultures and learning about the language, you got to have some, you know, people who are willing to stick up for you and develop good learning tools. And for sure, those intensive programs are, those are night and day for, for learning Arabic. I know when I was in Jordan and I had to sign that language pledge, speak only Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> I violated it so hard so many times. <laughs> that was a struggle, but it was amazing. Um, thank God for my roommate. She was, I don't think I ever heard her break the um, the Arabic pact. Oh, wow. Anyway, I digress. The way that I got into Arabic is actually kind of a cool story. So I was, I didn't have Arabic in high school. I studied French in high school. We actually didn't have Arabic at our high school at all. Of course. But I was in Germany. I think this must've been like, you know, the summer of my junior year in high school. And I was on a, a program, kind of a summer camp thing related to my church actually. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, so it was kind of like a conglomeration of people from all over the world. And there was a couple hundred of us and about 
maybe 15 of those 20 individuals were young adults from Egypt. Oh, cool. And they spoke English and they spoke Arabic. So they were, they were, you know, I think there were a lot of them were in business. Mm-hmm. So accurate what you mentioned earlier with the Fosha because they were kind enough to teach me some Fosha. Um, but they were there and they only had one interpreter for the whole group. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw myself in there. And I ended up interpreting for them from German to English and English to German because I speak German and English. I should probably mention that. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of a key detail. Um, but my family's from Germany. So I speak um, German fluently. Nice. So that was an incredible week because I just got to meet all of these really awesome people um, who I learned so much from. This was also in the middle of the Arab Spring. Yeah. And their stories were, I mean, so radically different than than my experiences and even what I'd read, you know, in the news. It was yes. really important to hear their actual life experiences and, and learn from them. Anyway, so after I had this experience of interpreting for them and building these friendships and learning, you know, a couple Arabic words, I think I learned like semak and sakin, which is fish and knife um, because we were here. <laughs> Um, and fishes knives and fishes only two arabic words i knew for a long time oh my god <laughs> it's so random i know right i would meet people who spoke arabic and i was like oh my gosh i love arabic and i would say and i know this word and yeah i got a lot it of would look at you <laughs> <laughs> because i'm looking at you right now <laughs> yeah that was amazing and after that i decided i wanted to learn arabic and mm-hmm. Since we didn't have Arabic at our school, I just kind of studied it on my own. And I learned the alphabet my senior year of high school, just kind of, you know, on my own, learning the script, yeah, learning the fact that every letter is written four different ways. Isn't that fun? Where it is in a word, which is mm, such joy. I love that, Andy. Such joy. (laughs) Actually, I, so I love Arabic, the script, partially because I am left-handed. And because we're writing from left to from right to left, I don't smudge the way I do in English. Um, so I love it. But even more so, I love that like I'm coming from a quote unquote more structured, formal learning Arabic setting, whereas your beginning was very much, you know, you fell in love with the language because of exposure that was very random. It was on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were like, I want to do this thing. Yeah. I, I respect that because I would have seen that language and been like, so I want it to. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was definitely helpful to have those personal connections because I felt such respect for the friends that I made there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, I've always been into languages. So that was, that was definitely not new for me, but learning Arabic was a journey in itself and probably not one that will be done until the end of my life. For real. For me, to have someone just come in and challenge that narrative of what, you know, the news was saying post 9-11, the news was saying um, the Arab world is and Arab people are, I was like, oh, okay. And that has just, I think that that set me off on my career trajectory. Yeah, that's so such a good point. And I'm, I'm so glad you had that experience. I hope that we as a country also are giving people more and more of this, you know, truly well-balanced exposure to the rest of the world because 
Lord knows we're not getting that through, <laughs> not getting that through our news reporting all the time. Yeah, well, those personal connections are so, so important. I have to throw out, I have to throw out a shout out to my professor in college, Ragi mm -hmm. at Western, because that personal connection and showing people a bit about the culture while you're learning the language, that's what, like, that's what reels you in, right? That's yeah. like what gets you hooked on the language. Right. I remember freshman year, uh, freshman year Arabic class, <laughs> when all of us were staring at the paper and just, it was a full mystery. What do you say, Andy? Let us get into our first incredible Arabic learning tool, the podcast, The Arabic We Speak. Um, like Andy mentioned earlier, made my two um, rock star Jordanian women who've decided to share with the world some incredible Arabic learning content. So yes. Andy and I are actually going to listen to the trailer, which we haven't listened to before, and just react to it. And let's see how this goes. All right, it's loading. Oh, there we go. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Arabic We Speak. We are Dalal and Amani from Amman, Jordan. By profession, we are teachers and Arabic-English translators. And in our spare time, we like to hang out and write media content to share with you our language and culture. Yeah. We are passionate about creating Arabic language learning resources that reflect our personal experiences of the Levantine dialect and culture. Through our podcast, you hear our views on and experiences of everything ranging from quaint art traditions to daily mundane concerns. Each podcast episode is accompanied with audio script and exercises in the form of a lesson plan. You can train your ear to some spoken Levantine Arabic, or you could extend it into an Arabic language mini class. The choice is yours. We really hope with the Arabic we speak, we can offer you accessible and fun learning material to develop your Arabic language skills in motivating and enjoyable ways. Stick around, guys, for another minute to hear this trailer again, but this time in Arabic. Ooh! أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلاً!أهلا
and your brain is like, I'm not there yet. Oh gosh, yes. I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was just going to be in English. So that was a nice little addition. Yeah, I, I like it. So it sounds like they're going to have, every episode will have some sort of multi-minute Arabic lesson. Yeah. And then Lala and Amani are incredible and made like PDFs to go along with them for your learning progress. And Andy and I both looked at the- or- The worksheet. The worksheet. <laughs> but- um. But yeah, I'm super excited. The worksheets that accompany the lessons, because this isn't their first season. So they have been producing content since 2020 and it is all top notch. I I think that it is beautiful. We've like looked through their Spotify page, the worksheets, just the care and attention to detail that they put in is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. So mm-hmm. that's where we're going to start. That's the first tool that we're going to be delving into. Um, and every week we're gonna give you guys a little bit of the Arabic we speak. We're gonna to listen to one of their lessons and respond to it, kind of learn alongside you, kind of see what, not only what the content is Arabic wise, but also reflect on it a bit as a learning tool. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be great. Yeah, I'm super excited because as every Arabic learner knows, eventually you have to leave Fosha behind and you need to pick a dialect. And this is a wonderful way to start that journey. Yes, so true. Well, everyone, welcome to Shaiwa Arabi. We're so excited to do this research to find amazing tools and share them with you and learn a lot of Arabic over the course of this podcast. So indeed, Andy, this is also such a cool way to get to know you. So this is going to be this is going to be amazing. It is. Thank you guys for tuning in to our uh, pilot podcast episode. And we look forward to seeing you in our first reaction. Yes, yes, yes. And in the meantime, if you're looking for more Arabic uh, Arabic language content, but also content about the Minaswana region, check out Alfuzaic, A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C.net. Yes. And you will find all kinds of incredible content um, made by creators such as Andy and myself but we will be back soon. Yes, with all the tea. With all the tea.